The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of Aussie-made on-demand videos to help you look to God daily. Be challenged by a series of apologetic interviews produced by Creation Ministries International and inspired by Helping Hands, which showcases people and organisations who make the world a better place. There are new videos being added every week in the free Vision Christian Media app. Just tap the Watch tab to see the growing selection. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. We filmed in Oxford. We've filmed in New York. We've filmed in Mainz, in Germany. Uh, we just Seoul, Korea, uh, Nagasaki in Japan. We went to Lala Bella in Ethiopia. All of those are absolutely remarkable experiences. And you, if you didn't believe in the grace power of God, you'd never believe you'd get there. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Carl Faze is an Australian Christian communicator and media presenter who's travelled the world producing programs like the documentary series Jesus the Game Changer. With over 20 years of involvement in media, Carl's programs have been broadcast and distributed internationally. Today, we'll hear Carl's story and about his humble beginnings in Western New South Wales. He's chatting with Phil Edwards from his office in Sydney. Who is... Carl Faze. Well, it's interesting, Phil, that here I am sitting in Sydney. I've worked in Sydney and Melbourne for the last probably 30 years. But what many people may not know is that I'm actually a country lad. I uh, was born in a place called Gunnedah, Western New South Wales. Mm. Uh, I spent my first seven years, Gunnedah was the big smoke where I went to get born. <laughs> my, my mum went to the hospital. I was actually living in Tambar Springs. Okay. And Tambar Springs is a tiny little place outside of Gunnedah. Uh, there's an interesting story around that, which we'll get to, I'm sure, later. But then uh, we moved to Armidale, and I grew up for my formative years in Armidale. And uh, so Armidale's northwest New South Wales, unique place. When I go back, Phil, I see that such a unique place because you've got – it's a place with a university. Mm-hmm. It's a place where you've got uh, some very – quite reasonably sized private schools. So all the very wealthy, you know, <laughs> landholders sent all their kids to these wealthy schools. The university students either from the country or from Sydney who didn't get into a big Sydney university came to Armidale to New England University. And then you had the guys, kids like me, the townie kids <laughs> – Mm. It knocked around. So if you went down to the middle of town, there was this really eclectic mix of people in, in Armidale. And uh, left left uh, left home at 17 and I moved to Lithgow. Lithgow's west of Sydney, yeah, somewhere right. between Sydney and Bathurst. You like cold worked, places. Oh, gosh, that was cold. And I worked <laughs> in a bank. Okay. Can you believe? So I did. worked in a bank for two years. Uh, it was called the Commercial Banking Company of Sydney Limited. Uh, after I left, they closed it down. There was se- certainly no future after I'd gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, I knew I knew banking wasn't going to be my future. For many people, that it is. And if you're in a, working in a bank, good on you. It wasn't my future, so I wasn't sure what I'd do. So uh, I thought I'd follow my parents, who you know ran a children's home for years. So I did some training in Newcastle. So I left Lithgow um, and uh, lived in Newcastle for two years. Did a social diploma in social welfare. Was looking to kind of work in a with kids in a in a similar way that my parents had caring for kids, uh, and then realised that. 
there that it was a real there was a sense of I actually wanted to work with youth in a Christian environment. That was pretty much what I had on my heart, mm. and uh, applied for and um, got a job in Sydney. So that was my first foray into the big into me- large metropolitan city. So city, how cities. old were you at that point? Well, by the time I moved to uh, Sydney, after all of that, I was 21. Okay, geez. <laughs> so all those moves, and I only uh, only just scraped my way into my 20s. Yeah, and, and it was funny because I, I grew up, I grew up when I was in Armidale, I grew up as an Anglican, went to the local cathedral in Armidale. Uh, when I went to Newcastle, the high church, the new... The, the Anglican churches in Newcastle are high church, you know, they smells and bells and like, you know, incense. And that was just, if, if that's your thing, that's fabulous. It wasn't my thing, and especially at 19. So I actually joined a Baptist church. And I was in a Baptist church for two years, very significant two years. And then when I got a job in Sydney, I actually applied for and received a job in a uniting church. Right. So now I'm in a uniting church in Sydney, a fabulous church, Beecroft Uniting Church. Um, and I was there for three years. I met and married my wife, Jane. Uh, we were married in that church. So it's a very significant church for us. But I felt this call that I wanted to do longer-term ministry. So the question was, Phil, I needed to pick a denomination. So I, I'd grown up <laughs> Did I'd you flip a Baptist. coin or something? Yeah. yeah. Draw straws. No, no I, I, there was a bit of prayer in there. I, I should have just gone Pentecostal or something else just to mix up my, my experience a bit more. But no, for a number of different reasons, I won't go into them. It doesn't really matter that much. Um, I just chose that the Baptist church would be the best fit for my skills. And so we went to the Baptist college. I was working in another church, Hornsby Baptist in Sydney, and then a church in Melbourne asked if I would go to Melbourne. Um, long story, which I won't go into, but we ended up in Melbourne. So All right. so Jane and I left, left Sydney with her. Uh, she was six months pregnant with our second child, our first uh, and he was the only grandson of Jane's parents. So uh, we were pretty popular, taking the only grandchild to Melbourne. And uh, we lived in Melbourne for five years, which is a fabulous five years. Well, I can understand why you're about to hit the road, Carl, because you're going to go and visit all these places where you used to live <laughs> by the sound of it, and you still won't have enough time. But I'm curious, Carl, how is it that you actually came to know the Lord and was were actually wanting to go into ministry in the first place? Mm. Were you born into a Christian family? Yeah, interesting that I wrote an article because I lost my dad just a few months ago, which was really sad and mm. quite tragic. And um, But when I did, Eternity Magazine asked me to write an article about my dad because he's a fairly unique story. And uh, I entitled the article, which is answering your question, uh, and the title of the article was fairly long. It was, when people ask me how I became a Christian, I normally say, let me tell you about my dad. Mm. So my dad grew up in Germany. He came to, to Australia after the war in, in the mid-1950s. He was in his mid-20s, met my mum. They married, and he was working on this farm at Tambar Springs. And uh, the minister at Tambar Springs was a guy that had come from Moore College, Daryl Robinson, and he wanted to do a mission. So he invited two uh, evangelists, John Turner and John Chapman. And and they, John Turner and John Chapman, many people in Western New South Wales will know those names. And they came and uh, because the mission was on, they asked my dad to turn up. So my dad just turned up the back th- to the mission. You had no idea what it was about, really. had almost no Christian understanding or background out of Germany. After the one of the nights, uh, he asked to talk to John Turner. They had a long conversation. Um, and then John Turner said to him, would you like me to pray for you? And my dad wasn't sure what prayer was, but said yes anyway. Uh, and it's interesting, he wrote some memoirs. They haven't been published. They're just some thoughts that he wrote down. And he said, when I drove home, 
things were different. When I got home, the next day I walked back to the farmhouse and my two boys ran up to me, which was myself and my brother, and they were different. Florence was different. Life was different. And his life changed in that moment, came mm. to faith, uh, wanted to explore ministry. And the reason he was in a – my parents were running a children's home is because he was wondering about ministry. So the bishop of the Armadale Diocese said, i got something you can do. Why don't you run this children's home? So that my background, because of that experience of my dad, it's quite a, a significant change in his life. That influenced me. When I was 11, I was actually at the entrance in New South Wales, just north of the, the central coast here. Um, Alan Walker was running a mission. My mum tells it was Alan Walker. I couldn't remember that. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was 11, sitting in the in the outdoors, in the seats. And they, So you were there, uh, just a, a kid from the country, minding your own business yep. on the beach, having a good time. Yeah, yep. and he said, if you want to come to Jesus, come forward. And I did. And that cha- And again, you know, I was, I was no saint in my, in my teen years, but I never lost that sense of that this is what I believe, this is, this is what God is, you know, I'm, I'm following Jesus in my life. And while in my late teens, if you'd said, you know, I've, I've seen into the future, Carl, you're going to become a minister of religion, I would have told you, you are crazy. Mm. Like, and mm. it, was, it wasn't like in those parts of my life, Phil, that I thought that's what I was was my future, but it was this gentle leading of, of, of uh, the Spirit of God into actually doing ministry in a Christian environment, like helping people in a Christian environment and realising this is what God wanted me to do. Mm. And, and that became the future. You're listening to The Story. Today, Christian media presenter and documentary producer Carl Fays is sharing his life journey and how he originally came from Western New South Wales. We'll hear more of his life story, including his travels all over the world, when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Phil Edwards chatting with media presenter and producer Carl Fays, who's sharing his life journey. Carl's been involved in producing Christian content that has been broadcast and distributed all over the world, including the documentary series Jesus the Game Changer. As we heard before the break, Carl is originally from Western New South Wales. Next, we're going to hear more of his story and how his media ministry and productions have taken him all over the world. Now, let's get back to your story here, Carl. Mm. Uh, you and your lovely wife, Jane, and uh, one child, hive off to Melbourne, much of much the disgust of the, the grandies, <laughs> uh, yeah. to, to go into ministry. Yeah, we were there for five years. We worked at a place called Sindel Baptist, which many people wouldn't have heard of. It's a great church, really great church. Bill Brown was a, he's still a mate of mine. He was running the church. We worked together for five years. Toward the end of that, we just felt that if I was going to stay longer than five years, because I'd promised to go to five years, uh, you know, I, that we would be there a long time. Mm. And it was it, we just felt that I was moving. I was in youth ministry then, and I was moving out of youth ministry. So. 
after a lot of discernment and chatting to people, even Bill and some people in the church, we decided to come back to Sydney and we went. To, we came back to Guymere Baptist. Um, and when I came, when I was leaving Melbourne, Bill's wife Jenny, who's a, just a dear friend of my wife Jane and mine, she passed away a few years ago, very sadly. But one of the, one of the last things she, you know, in the sense of one of the last conversations we were having as I was leaving Melbourne, she was saying, "Carl, I think you should go into Christian media." And I'm like, "Nice thought, never going to happen." <laughs> <laughs> Never say never. I know, not because I didn't want to. I just couldn't imagine it, you know. And so I came to Sydney, started work at Guy Mir, and uh, and one of the people at Guy Mir, who you would know, Martin Johnson, Phil, he he, he chatted to me one day and said, "Listen, um, Christian Media in New South Wales are, are looking for a new host, somebody to host a new show. Will you do it?" And I'm like, "Phil, how hard can that be?" <laughs> so <laughs> I, it's actually a lot harder than I thought. But so I decided to do it, and then and that just started what. You know, a corny phrase, but it's just a long journey, Phil. Of not not necessarily. Oh, this is this is a, a vision that I'm going to follow. It was more like I'll just take the opportunities they turn up, and mm. that's what happened. Mm. And really, for the next probably twenty years, probably not quite. Yeah, probably that next twenty years, because that was within the first one or two years I was in Sydney. Um, we just. It was basically dabbling in media from Christian shows to a show called Face to Face that was on Channel 10 uh, into doing radio spots. Um, and then we created Olive Tree Media, which is me. Yeah, I won't go into that whole story. It's a long story. But, you know, un- again, under God, it was just a convenient thing to do at the time because we were trying to put all the radio spots in the one place. Um, and then once that vehicle was was kind of started Olive Tree Media as a not-for-profit organisation with an independent board. Um, after about several years after that, um, we started that in 2008. So five years later in 2013, just God put on my heart that this was the right time to step out of running a local church, which I love doing and fabulous um, and challenging 20 years, uh, to step into full-time Christian ministry, which we've done, and it's been just fabulous. When you stepped out there, Carl, from being a pastor, so you'd been at Gymea Baptist in Sydney, that's a you know, reasonable-sized church and with all of the, the machinations that go along with running a church and the responsibility, here you are presented with this thought that maybe it's time to move into something new, to actually go from this thing that you'd been dabbling with and it becomes the main thing. How were you feeling at that time? How did you go through that process? Yeah, it's a it's a good question because in in some ways it's not that total kind of leap into the dark because I'd already been doing it for a long period of time. Uh, we already had an organisation. I was actually working one day a week for for Olive Tree Media and essentially five days a week for Guy Mir. It was a pretty busy period of time, um, and it was really just shifting from from doing it just as, a, as something on the you know twenty percent of my time as it were to full time. The big issue around that is the financial impost. You know, like mm. the, the, the financial risk there there's just no doubt that that's the case I even had a couple of people chatting to me in the first six months um, offering me a job basically saying um, nice to you doing this thing uh, if it doesn't work out let us know yeah. <laughs> so, which is oh thanks for the vote of confidence yeah that's right um, <laughs> but look I, you know it's it, um, it it's probably more scary looking back now thinking you know gosh what was I, what was I thinking where at the time it just seemed like a wise thing to do Phil I mean one of one of the things was that after running guy me for 20 years, it was like about, and I don't need to go into all these details, but there's about four things that all lined up. And and I remember going with a beach not far from where we live here, and we're going for a walk, Jane and I, which we don't do that often. We're just going for a walk along the Esplanade near the beach. And for about four days uh, under God, I'd been thinking, you know, this is the right time. 
And I thought, oh, I really need to talk to Jane about this, you know, and I wasn't <laughs> sure how it would go, you know. <laughs> so we're walking along the beach and I said, look, I've been thinking and praying about it. And I actually think that next year we should step out of Gymere. And her answer was, yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah, wow. <laughs> so that was about it. It was a short so, conversation. Yeah, which, you know, the conversation then was, well, how do we make this work and when would it happen? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was 20 fabulous years, Phil, 20 fabulous years, but it was the right time. And and under God, doing stuff that's in the right time, it always feels great, even mm. though there was certainly – the song Oceans at the time meant quite a bit to us because it was about, st- you know, another Hillsong song um, about stepping out of a boat and trusting God with your future. Um and that, you know, whenever we sang that in worship, it meant a lot to me, even though nobody else in the place knew what was going on <laughs> at the time. Yeah. But it was a sense of, yep, yeah, this is this is the right time. Yeah. Now, let, let's just talk about what's happened since then. So mm. uh, in your uh, media uh, escapades, shall we say, you've had the opportunity to go around the world several times and meet some really, really fascinating people. Yeah. Who's the most interesting person you've had the, uh, the opportunity to oh. meet? It's almost, you know, you've got to keep in mind that in that in those two series, Jesus the Game Changer 1 and Jesus the Game Changer 2, we interviewed, we've interviewed cl- close to actually over 80 people. So, and there, and lots of them, you know, John Lennox, um, Michael Ramston, uh, some just some outstanding individuals. Somebody who's just died recently, um, which we interviewed for Towards Belief. So that we did Towards Belief, which is an apologetic series mm. before I left Gymere. And we interviewed John Polkinghorne. Now, he just died, but he's a remarkable guy. He was teaching science at Cambridge University, left to study the Bible and become a local Anglican minister, became a vicar at some village in in um, England, then got invited back to be, uh, I can't remember the term, I think it was called a canon, but it was like a very significant uh, spiritual leadership role within Cambridge University. Wow. And he was knighted. So he was actually Sir... Professor, Doctor, Reverend John Polkinghorne. <laughs> uh, when we when we got when we got in touch with him, Phil, we had to ring somebody who was a contact, tell them what we wanted, or email that guy. He would go around and talk to John Polkinghorne, come back and email us back because John Polkinghorne didn't use email, which wasn't that long ago. Yeah, right. We went. We we met him at his house and we interviewed him in his his lounge room, and he was the most delightful gentleman I've met ever. Rodney Stark was another great interview. He's in Waco, Texas. He's, he teaches sociology at Baylor University. He's written 40 books. Uh, not a, seems, seems like he could be a Christian. A good friend said he's not. Um, and I'll tell you about the guy who told me he's not, um, but uh, has written some incredible books about the triumph of Christianity and the, and the history of Christianity. Mm. And then we also interviewed um, Robert Woodbury. Now, Robert Woodbury now teaches sociology at Baylor University, but he did this brilliant paper about the missionary roots of liberal democracies. His, his great grandfather was a missionary in China, went there as an adult, as a kind of mature adult with his family. Then his grandfather was also a missionary in China. His parents were missionaries in Pakistan, and he is now writing and researching and doing some brilliant research on the history of missions and the influence on liberal democracies around the globe. It's absolutely remarkable. So, you know, there's just a couple. So was there ever a point where you pinched yourself thinking, you know, here's this boy from Tambar Springs outside Gunnedah in New South Wales... (laughs) Traveling the world and interviewing yeah. all these uh, amazing thinkers and uh, you know, all around the world, all the time. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we filmed we filmed in Oxford. 
We've filmed in New York. We've filmed in Mainz in Germany. Uh, we, we just Seoul, Korea, uh, Nagasaki in in uh, in Japan. We went to Lala Bella in Ethiopia. All of those are absolutely remarkable experiences. And you, if you didn't believe in the grace power of God, you'd never believe you'd get there. Mm. Uh, but just as you, as we wrap up your story here, as you, you think back, all the experiences that you've had, you know, growing up as a country boy out near Gunnedah in New South Wales, moved around to lots of different places. You've been in different ministry contexts. You've had all kinds of experiences, uh, a father, a husband, a pastor, uh, heading into a, a new path with a media ministry. Is there a thread that's run through all of that for you? And, and what do you reckon it's positioned you for as the next thing? I mean, I think there's a couple of threads. And, and one is be ready. You know, you, you, can't, you can't pick the future, but be ready. Be just, be just ready. Be, prepare yourself. And the other thing is to honour your promises. There was a number of times through all of those periods where I actually had to say no to something that actually turned out to be okay. The reason they said no is because I was honouring a promise I'd made to somebody else. So nothing, nothing prepares you for the future is like being a person of integrity, that being someone that people can trust. And I think there's a spiritual truth in that. Be someone that God can trust um, and, and uh, be ready and who knows what will come. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us this morning. It's been great to learn a, a little bit more about you. That was Phil Edwards having a chat with Carl Fays, the CEO of Olive Tree Media which produces programs for Christian media in Australia and for church use internationally. One example of this is the documentary series called Jesus the Game Changer. Season one looks at how the life and teaching of Jesus has changed the world. And season two tells the stories of the people who spread the gospel message to ensure that it was heard to the ends of the earth. For more information about Carl and the resources his ministry has produced, the website is olivetreemedia.com.au. That's olivetreemedia.com.au. Finally, it was great to hear how God has used Carl in various ways throughout his life, taking him on adventures throughout the world, spreading the good news of Jesus both in person and through media. It reminds me of the verse in the Bible in 2 Corinthians where it says, Thanks be to God who always leads us and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of the Lord everywhere. And I really think that sums up Carl's ministry and what he's been doing, spreading the sweet fragrance of Jesus all over the world. Well, thanks for joining us for Carl Fazer's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. There was a, a little child was uh, bitten by the school rabbit. She came in crying. I'd been bitten by the rabbit. When I looked at her finger, there really wasn't anything there at all. She just needed some reassurance. But with the OCD kind of worry, I wrote a note, put it in her bag and thought, well, that should be fine. Life goes on, but not for me. Rosemary Burke says she suffered for years with what she called pathological doubt. Thoughts that kept going around in her mind and haunting her. She's written about her experience in a book called The Lava Tube, a Christian's personal journey with obsessive compulsive disorder. We'll hear her story next time. The Story. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. 